Welcome to episode 35 of the Daniel Yoris podcast, a solo episode of recapping the Realign Reconnect Retreat with First Star Therapy. Let's go. Hello, friends. I hope that your day is off to a great start, whatever time of day it is you're listening. Always strange on the podcast when there's no immediate feedback. You never know what time of day someone's listening, when they're hearing it, what day they're hearing it, or when in the year they're hearing it, or what year maybe they're hearing it down the road. But anyways, I hope you're having a great day. You've got some exercise in, saw the some sun, got some movement in, drank some water, ate some good food, had a good conversation, whatever it is, doing all the things. This episode is going to be a solo episode of myself recapping this past weekend's Realign Reconnect retreat with First Star Therapy and James Gardner. And I'll get into you know what the retreat was about and my takeaways from it. It's going to be a recap of what you know what it was and my or a collection of my thoughts and feelings and lessons learned and lessons shared and and all that good stuff. So uh, just for context, right off the top, uh, today is Tuesday, September fourteenth, and uh, the retreat was this past weekend, so the eleventh uh, and twelfth or whatever it was. If you're listening to this at some later date, so uh, what was it? Uh, it was a wellness retreat, including a lot of movement and exercise in the form of yoga. And to further define that, as James says, yoga is not sweaty bodies and Lululemon pants and shorts and outfits. Yoga is much more than that. It is, yes, it is the movements, but it's also the breath. It's also the everyday being, the feeling the earth when you walk, the taking a breath and really thinking about what it is that you're doing and more so a, a lifestyle and principles rather than just going through the poses and, you know, to take a cool Instagram picture. And 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 you can certainly wear Lululemon pants. There's no, there's nothing wrong with it. But that is not yoga as it's been kind of pushed and taught to us here in the West. And not that I'm a, an expert in yoga, but, um, you know, it was, it was movement and exercise with those uh, yogic principles, as well as we did some cars, controlled articular rotations and took that through. And, and as much as, you know, that is a, a more scientific kind of driven thing, uh, very scientifically driven thing, it is, it is also yoga because it's movement within the body and with, with a high amount of intention. So some joint mechanics work on that, um, some meditation, some time in nature, and really all this is blended together again. Like none of these things really exist in isolation while you're doing a lift, while you're going for a walk, while you're doing yoga, while you're doing your cars, while you're doing, you know, whatever other activity, you still need to breathe, you still need to be there, you still need to have intention. And so it all becomes kind of blended into one. And James did a very good job of of doing that. Um, just to kind of paint the picture as to what it was that I that I did this weekend. So who is it? Uh, James Gardner is an athletic therapist, strength coach, a yogi, father, husband, friend, human being, awesome dude. Uh, he was here on the podcast on episode 13 of, of this podcast. So go back and listen to that. That was several months ago um, from this date, but go back and listen to that for a little bit more. And I was also on James's podcast, the Let's Chat podcast. It was session 81. And uh, so you can follow James's uh, podcast and listen to that for, for you know my side of the story on, on that or my shares on, on that episode. Um, in the show notes of this, I'll put uh, links and whatnot to get in touch with James. Um, but off the top, it's at First Star Therapy on Instagram, as well as the podcast is a separate uh, Instagram channel, Let's Chat dot at, um, and the website is firststartherapy dot com, and that's First Star F I R S T A R, not First Star. So, just to get that right. But anyways, put the links in the show notes. So, that's the the kind of the, the off the top information. But anyways, why did I go? So, this is getting into the the more meat and potatoes of it here. Why did I decide to go to this retreat? Why did I want to take a weekend away to go in nature and meditate and do all the things? 
in the past several weeks and months, there have been a lot of changes for me. I went to Florida, I came back, I, or went to Austin, came back, moved out of downtown. And so just, you know, moving homes is, or, or the place you live is obviously a big stress in and of itself and good, bad, or otherwise. I mean, it's mostly good. It was under my choice. It's not like I got kicked out or did this or that. It was all my choice, but it's still a big, a big jump. Plus, with that came all the career switches as I as I left, you know, what, what I had going on downtown and transitioned to where, you know, working fully online and really building up my own online coaching clients and business. And by the way, not that I really intended to do this, but since we're here, um, if you're looking for coaching on workout, programming, nutrition, lifestyle, all the things, send me a message on Instagram and, you know, let's get that going. Anyways, lots of big changes have, have been coming all over the past uh, several weeks and months, like I said, and all good stuff, but changes change. And I haven't really had any time alone since before I went to Florida. Really, it's, there hasn't been a day or a moment really where I was just, you know, on my own the whole day and had a lot of time to kind of process it. It's been, you know, one thing after another, after another, after another, and just haven't had time to let these things sink in. And I knew that it would, this was happening and I knew that I needed to sort of have some time alone by myself um, to just sit down and think and, and, by time, I mean like an extended amount of time, not like a 20 minute, okay, let me sit down at my computer and write some notes about what's next and how I feel about this. And no, it's like I needed I needed a weekend to sort of be on my own um, and to process all this. And sure, the retreat wasn't on my own. Obviously, I was with other people, but at the same time as I was with people, I was very much with myself and, and it was all guided and it was all uh, done in such a way where I was able to sort of internalize a lot of things and, and be with myself to to process a lot of this stuff. And so when when I found out that James was putting on the retreat and the day that he was putting it on or, or this weekend that he was putting it on, um, you know, the timing of it was just perfect where I would have been uh, moved back to Vaughn for a little bit and uh, had a couple of weeks to do some things here and then, you know, get this get this done and then sort of move forward and, and see whatever it is that's next. So I really needed to just kind of hit the pause button, check in with myself, uh, pick up some new tools to learn how to be more of me and put together a lot of loose ends in my own mind. By loose ends, I mean ideas that I've had swirling around, things that I want to pursue or stop pursuing. Um, yeah, that's that's probably a good way to put it. It's just some things that are kind of swirling around and I'll come back to this later because it's very it's very connected, but there's like a a messy spider web of things happening in my head, and I needed to just organize that into you know something that makes sense. And while that analogy may may only make sense to me and to nobody else, that's the that's the best I can come up with. So the way that I want to kind of go through this is through the weekend. I James gave us as part of a little welcome package a little. A notebook for some for some notes and journaling and ideas and I almost filled it up um, but wrote a lot of things down and I was going through it uh, yesterday and this morning a little bit and just sort of analyzed I guess what I can call my five biggest takeaways from the weekend uh, of things that I've learned and shared and, and relearned as well and so I'm going to go through them all and I'll try and not that I'm going to try the easiest analogy for me and the way that my brain works based on what I do is to sort of connect all of these lessons to fitness or to sport. So I'll try and draw some sort of correlations between the, the internal lessons I've learned and, and, you know, fitness. So that way it's, it just makes sense to me. I think it's a good way to communicate it for myself and maybe some, a little bit of a, you know, tangible 
advice or lessons learned for for yourself listening to this as well. So um, let's start off with uh, the first one. So the first thing or category of lesson that I learned was, and, and this is somewhat chronological as well in, in order of how the, uh, the retreat went. So the first big, big thing I felt was a lot of guilt. And it wasn't guilt of uh, that I felt I was doing something wrong, and but this is how the, the, the lesson came to me. So in one of the first uh, yoga sessions, you know, James took us through, through, through the routine and through the stuff, and we did some poses, and some of the, you know, the poses were, quite difficult but you know I'm, I'm a relatively strong guy I guess for myself you know I'm, I'm good at the fitness if you will and so for a lot of the poses I was able to just sort of muscle into them I knew I wasn't like you know doing them right it was maybe wasn't I can't see myself doing it of course and so they certainly weren't perfect but you know it didn't feel graceful as as it would look to if you watch someone who's, you know, really does that kind of stuff all the time, but I was able to like, you know, go up on my hands and flip my back over and push my whole body up and, you know, carry the weight of my, myself. And I, I could do it. And I could muscle into the poses. And afterwards I, I felt like a little bit of guilt, honestly, doing that because it's like, well, I can, I'm, I'm good enough physically to, to get into the position, but I, I can't really own it. And so that is something that is like, well, you're, for me, it's like you're you're all you're good enough to kind of be eighty percent of the way there, but it's that last twenty percent of of being great at the yoga pose, at the whatever thing it is that is is missing. And so there's there's a guilt in being almost good enough because it feels like, well, I got into the position, I made the shape with my body, I don't really need to improve. And that's something that I think for myself and for you know many people, we we take this into different avenues of our life where again, you're going to be kind of good at something, but not great at it. And so you'll stop at that 80% because, you know, you're getting the job done to the, to the onlooker. It looks like you're doing the thing properly. And so, you know, you've, you must have it all figured out and you're, and you're doing well and you're doing great and you're posting this and, and it looks like you're, you know, you've got clients and you're doing this and this and that, and you're doing the thing well, but not great. And so there was, there was a little bit of guilt with that. And it wasn't bad. I didn't feel like terrible about myself. Like, oh my God, I should stop doing this. It was just a realization of like, I felt bad that I was almost able to do it and not quite. So part of it was like, okay, got to get better. But a big part of it for me was like, I need to realize where where my weaknesses are. And and more importantly, I need to realize and examine the limitations of my actual strengths. So what are the things that I'm good at in life? And can I be better at them? Have I perhaps not improved to the end of my potential. And the end of your potential, I guess, is really never. But there's just because it's my strength, it doesn't mean that there's not room to improve. Yes, we've all got to work on our weaknesses and all that kind of stuff, but you also have to continue to work on your strengths. And so I think that was the biggest thing for me. In the gym, it's like, yeah, okay, I, I'm great at squatting. Sure, as, you know, as an example, I'm great at squatting. doesn't mean that I have to stop refining my squat and stop getting better at it. I'm not the best at squatting in the world. Not that that matters at all anyways, but you know, just because it's your strength, it doesn't mean that you stop working on it. Yeah. You got to work on your rear delts and your, you know, whatever other little muscles that are not sexy or not cool, but that's the obvious stuff. It's obvious to want to work on your weaknesses. It's not always obvious to want to work on your strengths. And so I think that was a really big takeaway for me, uh, from that. Next, and this was sort of the next uh, session that that happened, and and um, 
you know, mixed in otherwise was the, the concept of distraction. So during the weekend, and, and it's happened a few times in the past, just something with my wisdom tooth every once in a while, I don't know if it's coming through or whatever, but it, it flares up and it kind of like, uh, I don't know, like it gets swollen in the back of my mouth. It, it doesn't happen very often, but it, it happened, uh, on, on that weekend. So, you know, it's kind of painful. It's not really painful. It's more just annoying. There's like swelling in your mouth and throbbing and whatever. So it's annoying. So while we were doing some of the poses, you know, the, the poses and, and the holds and the, and the movements and the exercises, they were, they were quite difficult. And so in that difficulty, the pain was, was gone. And this is like a, I don't know if I could qualify it. I, I think I have a, quite a high pain tolerance, but say it's like a, a five out of 10 pain where it's like a, it's not stopping me from doing anything, but I'm aware that it's there. So the movements and, and these difficult things, they were able to distract me from that pain. And I thought that was quite interesting where, you know, doing difficult things is a distraction from something else that is holding you back or, or, or causing you pain. And so, you know, I've said this many times before here on the podcast and I will continue to say it, but I think that doing difficult things through physical fitness, through physical training in the gym or, you know, whatever exercise modality you want to do or use is a good way to distract you from the other shit that you got going on in your life. Now, another big theme of the weekend that James continued to speak about was finding the signal through the noise. So there's lots of noise in the world. There's your phone, there's your job, there's your, your parents, your children, your siblings, your friends, your boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, whatever. There's lots of things that are going on around us. And when we try and focus in on the thing that matters, whatever that signal is, there's a lot of noise to cut through. So it's like trying to hear your friend at a, at a soccer game and, you know, there's 80,000 screaming fans there and you're trying to listen to your friend who's on the other, you know, talking on the phone. It's very hard to hear that person. So how do you cut through the noise to hear the signal that you're looking for? And so in that with this kind of pain going on in my mouth, it, it was, it was distracting. But when I was able to increase the difficulty of what I was doing, it was enough of a distraction or maybe an increase in the signal that I was looking for, which was that difficulty of the position of the whatever to cut through the noise of holy, you know, why is my tooth aching? So that was quite interesting for me. Now, Another side of this was another one of the meditations we did, we did was like a, a body scan. So we were laying down on our backs and, you know, we were asked to kind of, you know, go through, uh, you know, head to toe in your body, you know, through your mind and just kind of scan and see what's going on in each part of the body and the head and the nose behind your eyes and your shoulder and your this and your that and kind of go through it. Now, the the second piece of this was that we had to create tension in that. So it's like, okay, start from curling up your toes and, you know, flex your lower body as hard as you can, your leg, your hip, your butt, your hamstring, your calf, your toes, everything, and then relax. So you create that maximal tension, this maximal physical distraction, and then let it go. So this distraction as well as this, this physical difficulty of things just provided a, a reinforcement of something that I that I already knew, and that is what I said just a couple minutes ago. Where physical training, physical fitness, is a great way to prepare yourself for the actual real hardships in life. Because in that, I am able to cut through the noise. I am able to, you know, understand 
that I can be distracted from things that are not necessarily hindering me, but they're uh, annoying enough to bother me and I can go somewhere else to deal with what I need to deal with and then come back to deal with that tooth, deal with, you know, your boss, your, you know, whatever it is that's got, you got going on. So without the tension, there's also no relaxation. So, you know, you can lay down on your back and do this body scan. And and before you provide any tension or create any tension in your body, you, you know, you'll feel relaxed. You're just laying down on your back. You're just chilling. And then you create as much tension as you can. And then you let it all go. And that dichotomy of maximal tension to zero tension, that is like true relaxation in the body. So while I do believe that that is valuable and it's like a, you know, the dichotomy again of, of tension and not tension and relaxation versus not relaxation. Same thing is true. I think in, in the rest of our life where it's like, if we never kind of go to that place to tax ourselves, whether it be physically, whether it be psychologically, whether it be intellectually, you know, whatever, are we really, are we really relaxed when we think we're just relaxing? You're just kind of on the couch, you know, watching some silly show to just shut your brain off, but you've not really pushed yourself. You've not really challenged yourself. Are you as relaxed as you could be, as you should be? And so I think that was a another real, really interesting, uh, you know, realization, lesson learned kind of analogy uh, for me to learn. Now on, on that and, and with the, uh, you know, this body scan kind of laying and relaxation sort of theme is that there is a a power in stillness, which I, I think is another dichotomy for for myself in my head is like, you know, when you're being still, you're not doing anything. You're just being, you're just being. And so how can that be powerful? Well, by, by being still, it can allow us to go to another place. So there was one of the evening meditations and it was a lot about stillness and there was a place, you know, I, I described that little spiderweb uh, thing earlier and there was a time where I was, I was, I got very deep into uh, the meditation. It was the best way I can describe it is that I was there physically. I was awake. I could hear everything that was happening. I was, you know, but I wasn't really there. I was in some, some other place where I could see these. It really felt like a spider web is, is the, again, the best way I can describe it. And it was like these lines of light and they were all tangled and a mess and jumbled and new ones were coming in and old ones were going out. And it was just, it was all over the place. And, and I was there and, and I was like, okay, this is, this is something. And I could hear, you know, the, the words that James was saying and the, you know, the instruction and this and the, that and the guidance. And then at the end of it, uh, you know, James ended that meditation with an ohm. And as soon as he made that noise, my whole, this is going to sound a little out there for people and and I'm okay with that, but my whole body like, you know, vibrated in unison, if you will, with, with the sound of the ohm and all of these kind of like scattered fractal lines and all this stuff immediately organized themselves and then put themselves into a box and then right into my head. And then, you know, I was back in, in this world, if you will. So that was quite interesting that I, you know, I've had experiences like that before in different settings and different, different ways. Um, but the power of, of actually being still to sort of organize these things and, and have this, this work done in you is, is something that, uh, is often lost and often forgot and remembered and forgot and remembered and forgot where it's like, okay, I think I want to do things. I want to write my notes down. I want to write my things down. I want to go try this. I want to go try that. I want to do the thing to organize whatever it is that I'm doing. And, but sometimes like, no, just stop doing everything. And that is where, 
um, some of the power will will lie. And and again, just bring this back to fitness a little bit. If I can say anything, it's like we we try and over recover is one thing, where in order to recover, you're going to go out and buy a Theragun and you're going to go do cryotherapy and do this and take this supplement and this pill and this, you know, other thing and this, you know, whatever other million things you're going to do. But sometimes just be still for a second, like stop and think, not stop adding. What can you take away? Are you training seven days a week at like your highest intensity? You know, be still for a second and stop that. That will be more powerful than adding more and more and more and more. So it's not always about going forward. It's sometimes about what can I remove to increase or improve myself in fitness and, you know, in, in whatever else. So I know that this kind of disordered spiderweb thing is a little bit, you know, it's a little bit out there. Um, but it, it is, it is my reality. And, um, to anyone who's had a, any type of visual experience like that, um, you know, you, you'll get it. And if not, then, then that's okay. But this is my reality and what I saw and what I felt. And so I'm just sharing now the, the next one, uh, both days, started with a, a sunrise walk. So we woke up quite early and there was uh, at the resort place that we stayed, there was like um, uh, a trail through the, through the forest a little bit around the golf course and whatever. And um, so we just went for a walk and part of it was silent and part of it was focusing on, on the breath and counting the cadence of your steps and, and these things. And, and one of the realizations that I had, there was a, there was a point in the path as the sun w- was coming up where I was walking through and I look to my right and I see the forest. It's dark. The The sun was coming up on the other side. So, you know, it's dark and, and you can't really see through the trees and you can't see what's going on back there. And then, you know, I look to my left and it was light outside. It, it was a little bit cloudy, so it wasn't like brilliant sunshine. But I mean, it was it was light outside. I could see everything on that side, on that left side, uh, you know, whatever else was was on that side. And I said, OK, this is an interesting um light and dark dichotomy here where on the one side I see nothing on the other side I see everything so what what I see in that is that or what I saw and felt in that in that time was you know you look to the light side I can see everything pretty easy pretty easy to just you know look over there and see what's going on but in the forest side and the darkness side there's a lot of challenge there I have to strain my eyes I might even have to venture into it to figure out what it is that's there. What kind of, what tree is this? What bush is this? Is there a squirrel in there? You know, whatever it is. And so what I, what I kind of realized that is that, you know, we need the lightness. The, 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 the light gives us safety to the darkness. If I was going to venture into that darkness, if you will, and again, this has gone over your head and a little woo-woo, I'm okay with that. If you're going to venture into that darkness, the light provides safety because you know that you take one step back, you're back into the light. And so you have the the audacity to to enter into that. Also, when I look at the light, I can see everything. All the lessons, all the anything that's there, I can see it there. The darkness, I have to venture into it. I have to make it difficult and that makes it mysterious and that makes it almost more that I can learn from that and take from that. It doesn't mean that you have to live there. But you have to be there and go there from time to time to take the lessons that you can because they are not as obvious and they are harder to obtain. If I bring this back to fitness, it's about not doing the easy thing all the time. 
if you have your workout routine and you're comfortable with it and you've been doing that same workout for months, years, whatever, that's that's your lightness. But what about the dark side of it? You know, you, you do your little you do your cardio routine and your exercises, but you've never used the barbell. Let's just use that as an example. The barbell is your darkness. It's unknown. It's on the other side of the gym. Those people are using the barbell and I'm not those people. But but why not? What if you go there? What if you kind of explore that? And is there going to be a greater chance of creating change because you went there, because you tried that new thing, because you experimented? Instead, you know, we like to stick to the things that we're good at and that are familiar with us. It's very easy for us to do the easy things. Another thing that I realized along these lines is with a lot of the poses and the movements, and it wasn't so much the, the yoga poses, but it was some of the other kind of joint mechanics movements and stuff that we that we worked on. It's pretty easy if you make the movement easy. If I just want to kind of flop my leg around and, and move it around because that's the exercise that's being demonstrated and, you know, move your leg like this. Okay. I can do that. I can flop my leg around. That's pretty easy. I'm going to be pretty comfortable there. I'm also going to have no growth and no change. Nothing is going to happen or improve with that. But if I try and move my leg as stiff as possible with the greatest range of motion, with the greatest amount of intensity, and I kind of self-impose difficulty, self-impose tense intensity on my on me, then that's where it's going to be way more difficult. I'm creating difficulty, but I'm also going to actually improve and grow and change and and learn something from that and, you know, muscle growth and whatever. Like if you've been lifting that 10 pound dumbbell for three months, I'm sorry, but that 10 pound dumbbell is just not doing it for you. It's not helping you get stronger. It's not helping you get fitter in whatever sense of that word you want to use. You got to move up to the 15. You got to move up to the 20. You got to make things more difficult because otherwise there's going to be no change. So this light dark thing is something that I've I've played with and, and in many other uh, you know, avenues and experiences that I had. And, and, you know, there's, there's things that you see in the, in the dark that you don't see in the light. Not that I saw it and not that it was this kind of thing, but you know, the, the forest elves, if you will, if you, if you understand what that reference means, then, then you're with me. If not, then don't worry, just let it go. But you know, you don't see those in the light. You see those, you see those through the dark, you see these things through the hard times, through the hardships. Um, and, and you need to seek that out because it's not always in front of you. You know, most of us who will be listening to this, on average, we've got a pretty easy life. And by easy, I mean, we're not going hungry. You know, you have a roof over your head and like we've got all the things taken care of us. Yes, we all have our hardships and our problems and stuff. But, you know, you've got to seek out that challenge, that change, that darkness and go into it and lean into that darkness in order to take what you can out of it. Now, the last thing, and this is the big, the big overarching uh, theme for for myself, and and words that were continuously repeated is: there is more of you than you think. You know, the first time James said this, it was in context of a yoga pose. You know, we were it was a stretch, and you know he would come around, and you know your your fingers were reaching to a certain point. He'd put his hand, you know, a couple centimeters just past that and say, okay, now reach my hand, reach my hand. There is more of you. There is more of you than you think. And at first it was just very physical. Like, okay, yeah, I can, I can stretch farther, breathe into it. Big exhale. I can, I can stretch. I can get into that. Oh, there's more of me. Look, my shoulder is moving farther. My arm is moving farther. I'm doing the thing more. There is more of me than I thought. And okay. And then, and then it kept getting repeated and repeated in different contexts and different exercises and different things. And I said, oh, 
something here that, you know, you can stretch your body farther and, and going back to the strengths. And like I said, all this stuff is all tied in and it's all kind of the same. I just tried to categorize it for the sake of making a podcast out of it. But, you know, you, you lean into your, into your strengths and there's more of you there. There is more of you than you think. You thought you were good. You can be better. You thought you were smart. You can be smarter. You thought you were fast. You can be faster. You thought you, you, you know, you were still, you can be stiller. Whatever, whatever it is for you, there is more of you than you think. And so it's up to us to, one, realize this, two, challenge ourselves to stretch farther in all meanings of that word, grow more, learn more, be more of you, and become more of what you are because there is more of you than you think there is. And that was the biggest, you know, takeaway of of the weekend, kind of overarching theme of everything again was was this. There is more of you than you think. So, you know, these are these are my experiences and lessons I, I learned and and relearned over this weekend. Uh naturally as as you might assume or, or not assume, depending on how you uh consume content uh, on average, you know, a lot of this stuff goes goes quite a bit deeper for myself personally, um, with specific details to events and whatever that you know, these things are neither relevant to you and they're also not necessarily things that I'm willing to publicly disclose because it's, again, very personal. So these are the overarching themes and lessons that I've learned that I think are applicable to all of our lives. They are behind the bias of my own views of the world and experiences. And so, you know, they are personal to me, but I think that there is a lot that can be learned and disclosed. And so maybe some of the words that I said you know, will trigger something in, in you to think, oh, and take it on, you know, a completely different tangent and apply it to your own life or your own fitness or your own whatever in in a different way, in a in a more meaningful way to you. But I just wanted to kind of put my thoughts and stuff out there. Again, to the extent that I'm that I'm comfortable of sharing, you know, personal details and, and whatnot, um, and in hopes that it will spark something in yourself. So then the drive home from the retreat, I thought okay, this is all great stuff. This is all, you know, good lessons, good weekend, feeling good about myself, about the energy, about the everything. And how do I, how do I implement this in my life? How do I make it forward? Or how do I continue this going forward? If you've ever been to any type of retreat or seminar or something, you know, you have this like super high energy of like, yeah, like let's do the things. I feel amazing. I have great connections, great networking, great event. My energy is super high. And then, you know, that wears off after a couple of weeks and it happens to everybody. So I realized, okay, I can't obviously, not that I can't, I'm not willing to live in like a retreat forever. I'm not going to become a monk and live by myself on the mountain and just, you know, meditate all day. Like that's just not what I'm going to do. So the conclusion I had is like, well, I can't try and do that. So how do I, so I need to find ways to just implement this into the everyday. And that doesn't even mean like, okay, I'm going to do a yoga routine for 30 minutes a day. Like maybe I'll get there, but I know for myself personally that that is just not going to happen. That is a a big overhaul and something that I'm not going to implement 30 minutes a day dedicated at every time or at the same time every day, blah, 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 not going to happen. So it doesn't have to be this like kind of long practice, but if I can just use more minutes of the day to be aware, to take an intentful, meaningful breath to you know, find the signals through the noise, amplify the signals, then that's probably the best way that I can do. And yes, I'm going to include some of the routines that that we learned. Um, but instead of, you know, an hour a day or three hours a day, every day, I, I might do it 30 minutes 
a couple times a week and maybe not even on a schedule, just the days that I feel like I need it or I need to just kind of like recenter. I can go back there. It's a reminder and, and to continue to practice and improve upon those things. And you know what I mean? It, it, can, it doesn't even have to be that. It can literally be a minute while you're working, 30 seconds when you're in the gym between sets to just, you know, really slow that breath down, feel the the muscle, the the joint that you're working on, you know, whatever it is, just more minutes of the day filled up by these things, I think is uh, a good goal to strive for and a good way to actually embody this and, and to implement it kind of going forward. So... That's that. Uh, big shout out again to James Gardner and First Star Therapy. You need to be following along with what James is doing and try and attend one of the recalibration courses or the next retreat, uh, whenever that is. Uh, James, the stuff that he's doing is is he's trying to help you find more of you. And perhaps there's nothing more important than that. So yes, James is a friend of mine and I'll always kind of, you know, promote and help out. I don't even want to use that word promote, but whatever, talk good about him talk well what's the english whatever speak well whatever um but it's because i I genuinely truly believe in this and what he's doing again is helping you find more of you and that is what it's all about it's not about anything else it's about helping you find more of you once again i'll put the contact info uh for james and everything in the in the show notes Uh, feel free to send me a message personally if you if you have like questions that are more individual to you or whatever and you want to hear it from me i'm happy to um answer anything that uh, that you ask and, and walk you through it. I appreciate you for listening to this. Um, my hope again in sharing this was to possibly pass along some of the things that I've learned that might help you or maybe not. But either way, it's putting my thoughts. It's a, it was a good way to organize my thoughts and have this, you know, to, to listen back to at some later point and, and point myself back to and relearn from it again at some later date. Uh, but at least, you know, I've been able to share and, uh, continue to put things out into the world, which is what it's really, really all about. Uh, you know, I say this every time on the podcast nearly and almost every day, but getting big and strong and big and strong and, you know, quote unquote, doing the fitness is cool, but it's not the thing that matters most. It's just one avenue to enter into all of this. And that is important. And that's why I do it. And that's why I do what I do. And in the way that I do it, but it is just an avenue to get to the things that matter most. And that's, and what matters most is you and becoming a better you and becoming a, becoming more of you. Again, if you'd like to chat further on this, send me a message on Instagram at Daniel Yours. If there's someone you know who might benefit from hearing this or attending anything like this, please share this episode with them and we can all grow together. If you haven't already, I would greatly appreciate if you were able to leave a rating and review to the podcast on iTunes as well to you know help spread the word and get this out to more people. <laughs> Take a breath, be who you are, and we'll talk soon. Bye-bye.